Today I lift my eyes to the heavens and count my blessings. I think of all my needs that were met today. The clothes on my back. A place to lie down tonight. Nothing miraculous or earth-shattering. Just the small things that help keep me going day after day. Thank you, God. I have a food on my table. Help to get me through the day. Good memories I've shared. All the beauty that makes life special. Thank you, God. I'm blessed by what I can see and touch. What I can feel in the moment. But Lord, you transcend feelings and moments. You sacrificed your life so that I could see beyond what's under my feet and over my head. <sighs> Thank you, God. That kind of love keeps my heart free. During seasons where peace is hard to come by, even when I can't see or touch a blessing, I know I can close my eyes and say, thank you, God. I've, I've lost a lot this year. Things I worked hard for. Dreams I was sure were going to come true. People I never wanted to say goodbye to. I walked a hard path of trial. And pain and despair. But I never walked it alone. Even now, I can say thank you, God. Because no matter what is set before me. Dark valleys or green pastures. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And when this life is over, I'll dwell with you in your house forever. So I just want to stop and tell you. Thank you, God. 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 Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Amen. Everybody say, thank you, God. I hope you're still basking in the attitude of gratitude, and we invite you to write those out anytime during the rest of the message today uh, to give your thanks, to actually give thanks. We'll learn today that gratitude is an emotion, a feeling, uh, but giving thanks is what you actually do, and so we want to make sure we're doing that. I want to pause before I open the Word today and preach, and we want to pray for Deanne um, Boyne's, uh, Deanna Boyne's father, surgeries today. Uh, removing a gallbladder, but it's been a quite an ongoing process with him, and so it's uh, we need to pray for him. An update on my friend Mel, uh, Mel Walker. Uh, last week it was pretty dire. Christy got here from Germany and was able to spend some time with him, and he perked up a little bit, uh, but then he had a, a staph infection, so he's going to be in the hospital for weeks, they say, and uh, they're having all sorts of issues with him laying and not being able to move. His back is in severe pain, and so they're struggling to get pain medicines there. So there are some people, as we get to gather today and enjoy fellowship, there are some people that are struggling this morning, and uh, Boyne family, we just want to let you know we're with you. We're with you during this, and we're, we're going to pray with you for you as you go through this as well. Let me pray. Father, we come to you together because you say in your word where two or three are gathered together, there you are in the midst of them. And we know we invite you here and we know that you're with us. God, we're thankful that it's not a sanctuary here, but it is a worship center where the sanctuary uh, resides. We are the sanctuary. And when we gather uh, together, it's a powerful thing. And so we come on behalf of the Boyne family, God. We pray for Deanna Boyne's father, Lord, as it's been a scary week and there's been a, a lot of scary instances, but 
now, Father, we pray as the white blood cell count is higher, that they can do this surgery. God, that it would uh, be one step in the positive direction for them. Give them hope, Lord. We pray for the doctors to be skillful there. We pray for my friend Mel as he's in the hospital for a long period. God, I pray you'd bless the physicians there to know what to do, how to treat him. The specific prayer request is that he would get strong enough not to need the forced oxygen. And we just pray, Lord, that you would help Mel today, help him recover, help him get strength. Lord, he has more things to write. We appreciate him as an author, and we pray that he'd be able to continue to write and bless your church with wisdom and learning. Uh, Father, we pray for Peggy today. and. Christy and the boys, God, that they would be able to gather around him and, and encourage him. And we thank you for all that. And we thank you for all the good things you bring us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. How you doing? Did you survive Thanksgiving? Was family good? Did everybody behave? Did, did nobody ruin Thanksgiving? Every, did everybody get along? I hope things went well for you. I thought of you on Thanksgiving Day, all the families gathering and all the things that could be talked about that could cause division. I thought, oh Lord, help families just enjoy one another. Uh, we had a wonderful day, a smaller day. Our girls couldn't come, uh, but Josh and Grandpa Joe were there and we just had a wonderful Thanksgiving Day. I pray you had the same. Yesterday, my wife and I had the opportunity to jump in the car and drive to Grand Rapids uh, to see our daughters, spend a little bit of time with them uh, to watch that wonderful game. Yes, Ben, congratulations. I'll say it. Go blue. Go blue. Couldn't be more prouder. So uh, we had a great day. However, uh, we got on the road early yesterday and uh, the weather people had told us the snow was coming after one, three o'clock, whatever, one or two inches of snow. So we got on the uh, highway heading on 69 uh, west to head toward Grand Rapids at, in the morning and it wasn't snowing. The sun was out. Everything was great. And so I'm going 75 miles an hour in my truck, my F-150, driving down 69 west. Julie and I are having a great time talking, chatting about stuff. I was talking for hours about the new Beatles thing that's out. I'm just amazed by that. And so I was telling her all about John Lennon and Paul McCartney. And I'm talking about it. And all of a sudden, my truck going 75 miles an hour just started going like that. I didn't know that the whole, the whole highway was ice. It was jet ice. It wasn't snowing, so I didn't know a reason to think that it would be icy. It was jet ice. And it's one of those moments where you go like, we're going 75 miles an hour, and I'm sideways, and I'm going to crash. And you literally have enough time to think, should I hit the middle? No, that'll cause them big, it'll back up people for hours, they'll hate me. I better put it in the ditch. And then I looked and I said, no, the ditch is really deep here. So my truck was going down 69 through the uh, uh, the shoulder on the left, and then I brought it back and it turned all the way around and went to shoulder on the right, and then I brought it back around and it went all the way, almost hit the side, and then I brought it back, and all this it's taken forever. And all of a sudden, the truck just kind of started slowing its spin and settled down. And of course, Julie and I were both <laughs> scared us to death. And then you have enough time to start breathing again, and your heart slows down, and you realize, thank you, Lord. A quarter mile in front of us is people side by side. Uh, 10, 10 or 12 cars, and behind us a quarter mile is cars side by side. The only spot on 69 that had nobody on it was me, and I needed both shoulders and both lanes. If there had been a semi-truck there or other people, it would be a different day today. So we say, thank you, Lord. We don't discount that, that the Lord's hand is upon us, even when we don't know we're in trouble. Now, how clueless were we, thinking we were fine and it was a sunny day? Little did we know we had no footing. 
The only footing we had was the Lord. He was our foundation there when our truck had no foundation. Julie said, I wonder how many guardian angels that took. I don't know. I don't know. Sure scared us to death. But we gather today to just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. There's so many things that we should cover that tree with. Uh, I survived COVID this year. Who else survived COVID? You went through it and got it? Yeah, we should be writing that on the tree. We should be saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I'm alive today and and take oxygen for free. And thank you, Lord, uh, for all the many good gifts. Thank you, Lord. We need to be a thankful people uh, on the... uh, message today. It's going to be called grammatical gratitude. It took me a long time to come up with this one today. Grammatical gratitude. If we have English teachers, you might appreciate the lesson today. Uh, I think we need to be reminded that grammar is there for a reason. Literature is written specific, and we ought to be careful to know that the Bible is literature. And so when you read it, be a student, and, and mind your grammar, please, because if not, we make terrible mistakes. In light of that, I want us to read together today. Uh, There's two psalms, psalms of thanksgiving. And grammatically, I love what the author of this psalm did. The psalmist chose to have the congregation uh, reply. And you're going to reply today. I'll let you stay seated. But you're going to reply. Everything in yellow, and it's the same word over and over again, so you'll get good at it by the end. All you're going to say is, his love endures forever. And I think the psalmist knew that we needed to be reminded of that phrase. His good and faithful love, not just his love, because everybody loves things, love pizza, love dogs, love cats. We're talking about something different. The Bible calls it a steadfast love. His love is not love that comes and goes. It's a love that never goes. It's a constant love. It endures forever. I'll read the words in white. You read the words in yellow. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him alone does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. He remembered us in our lowest state. And freed us from our enemies. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. And his love does endure forever. First Chronicles 16.34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, comma, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Are you giving thanks? First Thessalonians tells us, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Remember what I taught last week. Not necessarily for all circumstances. Sometimes circumstances stink. You don't have to say thank you for the stinky thing, but you could give thanks during the stinky thing. Even during stinky things, there's something good in your life. So we need to give thanks during all circumstances. And then in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 
I don't know where you're at today. I don't know how bad things might have been over the past year or two. I don't know what circumstances you're living in. Maybe you can't give anything. Maybe this morning you can't go to the tree and write anything on a leaf because you just can't think of anything. I understand it. I've had seasons of life where it's like that, where you're like, Lord, can anything worse come my way? Don't ask that question. The answer is always yes. So there's one thing. There's one thing that everyone in this room can write on that leaf and put on that tree. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. No matter what bad happens in your life, the constant should be that God gave His one and only Son. In the next four weeks, we're going to celebrate This wonderful scene. I love how we've got our modern Christmas and our beautiful trees. And on the other side, it's just the simple stable. It's just that manger. And it's that wonderful gift. It's that one moment in human history where God intervened on our behalf. And He gave us the Savior of the world. No matter what's gone wrong for you, you can always say thank you for Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I kind of cringe a little bit when we sing songs where it says His blood has washed me white. We're living in a day and age of a cancel culture where you can't say those things. People get upset. But you need to know it has nothing to do with race there. We're not talking about white being perfect. It's simply uh, an analogy of clean, clean, cleaning us, cleansing us, white as snow. Uh, there is no race. We've taught that. We've had a special Bible school for our kids where we said there is no such thing as race. Some people have more melatonin in their bodies than others and there's different colors. But we're one race. We're one race. But there is a special race. The only other race is the special race that was created when God gave us Jesus and he saved us. And we're even double blessed as a new race, a special race that appeared on the earth because we're the ones that were grafted in. Uh, Until that time, it was for the Jews only. It was for Israel, God's chosen people. But then God opened it up and he said, who all who believe. And then when he said that for you and for me and for anybody who comes to Jesus and says, please save me, take my sins and save me, you all of a sudden are born in to a new race of people, the body of Christ. Something special and different than anything else out there. And that, that, that new race, by the way, is made up of black and white and yellow and red and even purple polka dots. I don't care. They all are included. It's the one beautiful thing where all are welcome. No race, no class, no socioeconomic status. You can come to Jesus and you're grafted in and now you're part of something new. It's the body of Christ. For that indescribable gift, I love how the author there, Paul just said, "Ah, I don't know how to, how do I describe this? He probably worked for a while, threw away several scraps of paper, and then he said, indescribable gift. (laughs) I can't describe it, so I'll just call it what it is. Tim Keller said this, it's one thing to be grateful, it's another to give thanks. Gratitude is what you feel. Thanksgiving is what you do. I hope you stop to give thanks. Uh, We have a little miniature version of that thankful tree at our house, and I kept bugging everybody all day long, put more leaves on the tree, put more leaves on the tree. We gotta be more thankful than this. It's what we do. Gratitude is an attitude of the heart. Giving thanks is what you actually do. Did you stop and give thanks? Don't forget, you can still do that today. Anytime you want to, go to the tree. Write what you're thankful for. 
The big idea today is remember to give thanks. The power of a comma. We're going to learn about the power of a comma today. Changes things. We're going to go to Deuteronomy if you want to open your Bibles or get your electronics out. Deuteronomy 5 and chapter 6. We're going to be there for just a little bit today talking about the power of a comma. You know the power of a comma, right? So if I said this, it's time to eat, Grandma. That comma is so important because if that comma is not there, it actually reads, it's time to eat Grandma. Amen? You understand the difference? Do you start to understand grammatical gratitude today? Grammatical gratitude is important. And the commas in Scripture are important. It's time to eat, Grandma. (laughs) You take a pause there and stop. It's important because when you come to Scripture, you either are going to determine you have a God who's a dictator or a loving God. And how you approach this is based on how you read Scripture. Most of us know the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, and you're thinking, how is Pastor Don going to take the Ten Commandments and make that a Thanksgiving message? Well, it's all about the commas. It's all about how it was written. Most people look at the Bible and they look at God as some dictator who just demands obedience. And so he laid down some structure and said, you must not. Thou shalt not. Why? Because I'm the great cosmic killjoy in the sky. And that's how most people view God. He's better watch out. He's like the first Santa Claus. You better watch out. You better not cry. (laughs) he, He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows if you've been good or bad, right? And so we think of God as this person in the sky who laid down the law, boom, why? Because he wants to kill all joy, and that is not at all how scripture reads. You know the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me, why? Because it's all about me, 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 me. You shall make no other idols, why? Because no, no, it's all about me, 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 me. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, why? Because I'm so picky about things. You, you, you shall keep the Sabbath day holy, what? You gotta give me one day a week. You can have six, but I want one. Do you see how you read the Ten Commandments changes everything? Do you look at the Ten Commandments as a, a list of, of a dictator? And then you gotta keep in step or watch out? Honor your father and mother. Are you kidding me? Have you met my mom and dad? You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. Shall not, shall not, shall not, shall not. It's how you read it that determines your understanding. So what's God's thanksgiving formula? Before I give it to you, let's read. Deuteronomy chapter 5, 1 through 6. Moses summoned all Israel and he said, Here, comma, Israel, comma, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. It was not with our ancestors that the Lord made this covenant, but with us, with us, all of us who are alive here today. The Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. At that time, I stood between the Lord and you to declare you the word of the Lord because you were afraid of the fire and did not go up the mountain. And he said, all right, eyeballs here. This is the grammatical gratitude you need to listen for. Do you view God as the dictator in the sky who's out to kill any joy or fun? Is he just the great no in the sky? 
Did he give us these commandments because he just wanted to be a cosmic killjoy? Here is what the Lord said through Moses to the people before he read the commandments. I am the Lord your God, comma, who brought you out of Egypt, comma, out of the land of slavery. Have you ever read the Ten Commandments with this first? (laughs) Before we're given a list of laws, God gives us the so that. (laughs) God says, I am your God, comma. I delivered you, comma. I pulled you out of slavery. So, don't have any other gods before me because there aren't any gods before me. Don't make any graven images and worship those. They're worthless. They're dead. They won't do anything for you. Don't take my name in vain. I am your God. I am for you. I saved you. I care for you. Do you see how it's different if you read the Ten Commandments grammatically correctly? Following what Scripture says. In Deuteronomy 6, 1-9 through 9, later, he says, These are the commands, the decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all His decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you, get to sow that, and so that you may enjoy long life here, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may get well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, comma, the God of your ancestors, comma, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What is God's Thanksgiving formula today? He's not a cosmic killjoy. He's actually the Lord your God who loved you and saved you. The commandments are there so that you may live long lives of joy. The first four commandments are how you relate with God. The next six are how you should relate with other people. Can I just tell you today, if you're not relating with God well and you're not relating with people well, you're miserable. And you'll be a miserable person. Look at the commandments as not a rule book of killjoy, but look at them as how to live long and enjoy a good life. Love God, love people. It's the center of the mark. Do you see how the Bible just all comes together? The New Testament really talks about what the Old Testament taught and the Old Testament teaches us how we ought to live going forward. It's a beautiful love book. It's not a rule book. It's a love book and it's a guide for our life and it's a guide to happiness and joy and thanksgiving. God's formula for thanksgiving is this. God's action plus our memory equals thanksgiving. God's action, our memory, thanksgiving. What is giving thanks? It's remembering. 
Can you remember all the things that God has done for you today? I recounted what's happened to me in the last 24 hours. Thank you, God. Can you remember what God did for you last year? Maybe it was 30 years ago, 50 years ago when you asked Him to save you. Can you remember? And if you can remember, you can give thanks. Your thanks should not be an act of the will. The problem with thanksgiving is we say, give thanks. And we act like we have to come up with that. You don't need to do anything but remember. Can you remember that God is good? Can you count out the ways? Then write them down. Put them on the tree and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Do you remember the big idea this morning? You might have skipped it because you weren't paying attention because grammatically you didn't care. This is not what it was. This is what you hear, remember to give thanks. And we hear that every year, remember to give thanks. Like you have to do that. It's, a, it's an act of the will. You have to do something. I didn't have this as the big idea. The big idea was actually remember to give thanks. When you put a comma there, it reads, remember means to give thanks. Don't remember to give thanks today. Remember what God has done and give thanks. Remember is to give thanks. I'm going to ask the band to come up and close us with that song about the blood because that's what we have to give thanks for. If nothing else, we give thanks for the blood. And I'm going to ask us to do this together today. Uh, David, I know you love this, and, and I don't do it enough. David asked me every once in a while, uh, we need to do the Lord's Prayer together, and I forget to do it quite often. And this morning I thought, you know what? As we stop to remember, to give thanks, the Lord's Prayer is a great way to do a benediction of this service. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and we're going to recite this together, and we're going to sing a song, and we're going to go out early, amen? Somebody ought to write on the leaf, PD was short. Right? Somebody ought to go warn Sunshine Park. They're probably just starting their lesson right now. Somebody got to go warn them. He's done. They're going to go cry. Let's say this together. Say it with me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's sing.